my name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Pop Culturing, where we talk about movies and TV from a Gen X perspective. Today we're doing something different because my sweetie wanted to do something different. <laughs> I wanted to talk about one person and talk about our favorite movies from one person. So basically, I know Todd and I, Todd and I have not discussed um, which movies we have chosen. It's a secret. It's a secret. We're, we're keeping a secret from each other. Um, but I wanted, I think it, it gives us the opportunity to talk about a lot of different movies you know, at once. And I wanted to choose someone who was kind of like an icon for Gen Xers mm-hmm. um, because we've grown up watching him and because he is one of us. Yeah. Isn't he? I think, you know, it's funny. I had this talk with someone before and he might not make the cutoff. Let's see. He what might year, be a little older than us. What year was he born? He's born in 63. He's nine, six, nine years older than he's me. He's 63, so... No, he's not 63. He was born in 63. <laughs> I mean, he's not 63. You know what I mean? Um, Gen X age range. I'm going to look so that up like really quick. So he's like 56 years old. They were born between 1965 and 1979. No, he's not in our generation. So, but... Don't you feel like he's in our generation? He's always seemed a little bit older than me, but maybe I'd pass him for a Gen Xer. I don't know. So we're talking about the very beautiful Brad Pitt. Yeah, Brad Pitt. Let me give him a round of applause for that. Yes, Brad Pitt. And Brad Pitt um, has had quite a year, or last year was his quite his year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Todd and I have a lot of movies that we've seen that he is in, and we've decided to each choose five of mm-hmm. those movies, but not together. Todd has five, I have five, and then discuss them. So I think it'll give us kind of a good overall understanding of Brad Pitt. And I'm sure there's going to be some overlap. Uh, I know there is. Yeah. You're, Especially with two of them. Oh, with two of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that people are going to judge my choices too, too. because I said, is this my top five Brad Pitt performances or movies? And you're like, it doesn't matter. Either one. Well, and because so one of mine is going to be, he's really not in it that much. So it's not like he did this great performance, but I love this movie that he's in. And that's, so let's talk about why, without saying the ones we chose, let's talk about why we chose the movies we did. Like you said, the only criteria I threw out to you was, I said, five best Brad Pitt performances. And then you said how well he acted, the movies we loved. And I was like, I don't care, but really it should be about what you loved, that he happened to be in and you appreciated him or you appreciated the movie and he was in it. Yeah. So it could be either yeah, or. Yeah, this is an art. There's yeah. no like right way of doing this project. Exactly, because every single one of my choices, there's a different reason. It could have been his performance or it could have been the movie and he happened to be in it. And for me, it's the five one, the five movies that impacted me the most. Not like best acting job, not any of that stuff. It's just wow, I remember that this movie hit me hard. So let's say that because really what I'm saying is both of those things and it's better encapsulated by what you just said. These are the five Brad Pitt movies that affected us the most. Sure. Regardless of it's not, but you know, if critics were doing their top five, Mm -hmm. they may focus on different things. So trivia, do you know where Brad Pitt's from, sweetie? He's from Missouri, I think. That's what I thought. But in IMDb, it says, uh, at least he was born in Shawnee, Oklahoma, but maybe he's from Missouri. I thought he was from Missouri. I think he's a Missouri boy too. Okay. So yeah. Any other background you want to give on Brad Pitt? Um, no, not really. He's a pretty man. <laughs> he is a beautiful man. And you know, he's had an interesting um 
He's had one of the, I think, again, why it's fun to talk about him is he's had so many ups and downs in his career. I would say more ups Mm -hmm. than anything. But, you know, we've watched him go through. He's been such a public person. Yeah. Like, I remember the first time that I was introduced to Brad Pitt was I was living on Belmont in Chicago. You remember those days, Todd? I do. 454 West Belmont. It was probably 93 or 94. And I remember one of my roommates bringing home a magazine and he was on the cover. And we were like, who? Is that who is that guy? Um, and I think we had seen Thelma and Louise, mm-hmm. um, and so you kind of did. And you know, I don't know if Thelma and Louise is one of your movies, um, but you know, he had a huge breakout role. He had been in other things. Sure, but that was like where people were like, "Who is that guy?" Yeah, and he was on a cover of a magazine. And from that moment forward, Brad Pitt has been part of the everyday language. It's a huge part of movie making. Exactly. So let's just say this, because this is the first, usually when Kathy and I do pop culturing, we are focusing on either a TV series or a specific specific movie. So we're kind of like learning this as we go. If you name your fifth favorite uh-huh. and it happens to be my first favorite, I have to out myself Correct. in that moment. You have to out yourself. And that'll keep this show from not being overwhelmingly long. Sure. So instead of necessarily talking about 10, we're sure. gonna, we might be. But before we dive into our five, I have to give a few special mentions. Okay. okay. This was too hard for but me. But what if your mentions are part of my They thing? won't be. All right. Okay. I hope you're right. So the first special mention is the fact that he is a producer. Okay. And we're not talking about his producing credits, but I think if for those of you who know, who are like interested in pop culture, you may know what Mm -hmm. kind of producer he is. Right. But just to give you a few of the movies that he's produced, Moonlight, Selma, 12 Years a Slave, The Normal Heart, which was one of my favorite TV movies. He's producing a Chris Cornell movie that's coming up. And those are just some of them. Right. Like he is, he, his um, name or his willingness to be a part of a movie, I think, helps movies get made, right. important movies. And I don't know, you know, like on some of these, he's executive producer. On some of these, he's just one of the producers. But I just think that it's a little behind the scenes. Like, for example, The Normal Heart, which I, I don't Never know. heard of that. What's that? So it was a production about, and again, I feel like I talk about this all the time with Todd, The it was the AIDS crisis, okay? And it was a... Um, I think the it was a play written by what was Larry's last name I can't remember but it was about his experience as a gay man and all of his friends dying and how nothing was being done and how their activism is what changed everything okay okay and it Ryan Murphy ended up directing it um Mark Ruffalo starred in it Matt Boomer starred in it a bunch of great people were in it um Jonathan Groff anyway you know I never knew Brad Pitt produced that. No. Like, it's not like he's, and he's the first name yeah. as producer. Yeah, and unless you're really um, focused on the movie-making process, you don't know. Like, producers right. are invisible unless you're looking at the credits. And I remember when 12 Years a Slave won an Academy Award, or maybe it was a Screen Actors Guild, and I just remember them reading his name mm-hmm. as one, and, and I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, these are, and if you go through his IMDb, you can see all these production credits. It's not like those are hard to find. Right. But I just wanted to say that because I think Brad Pitt is a part of the industry more than we know he's a part of the industry. Yeah, and it's weird because, you know, part of me feels like we should just jump into the movies. I don't want to bore people, but he 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 did amazing things when Hurricane Katrina Came right, along. Built, built houses. Really good producer of mm-hmm. impactful movies, yet has a 
at least had a really bad reputation because he was an addict or whatever with his kids, with Angelina Jolie. Mm -hmm. So he's an interesting person. Well, and more, you know, even going backwards, I mean, he didn't just get into a relationship with Angelina Jolie. He left his marriage with Jennifer Aniston. Right. You know, he has, um, he's been with a lot of women. He was engaged to Gwyneth Paltrow. He was with Juliette Lewis. He was, he has such an interesting history. And the interesting thing is I was listening to an interview with Gwyneth Paltrow about him. Uh, he, she was talking to Dax Shepard and she's talked to Howard Stern about this, that he's like one of the nicest guys ever. And that he's a serial monogamist mm. that he, he's, he wanted to get married. She was 22. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, this is what I want. And she said when she, when they broke up, her dad was more sad yes. than she was because he loved him so much. So, but he does, he, like, to your point, he is, he... It's complicated. He is an addict. Yeah. And I'm just going to say he is an addict because he just stopped drinking about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know who he credited with that? No. Bradley Cooper. Oh, because Brad showed him the way. Correct. Yeah. And so he has an interesting history and he had a comeback year. So the the next thing I wanted to say, and this is the first, um, this is number one video that okay. I gave you. And this was, this is not a movie, but I just wanted to say something about it because it made me laugh. Uh, Brad Pitt way back when decided to do a cameo on Friends. Oh, it's so funny. Um, I was pulling that up myself. Were you really? So I just was. play this one. All right, here we go. Rachel Green. Oh, oh, that's right. Are, are you gonna be okay? Oh, I'll, I'll be fine. It's just, God, I hate her, Ross. I hate her. <laughs> Will, high school was was a long time ago. Look at her standing there with those yams. My two greatest enemies, Ross, Rachel Green and complex carbohydrates. I remember he had a hard time filming that because he was nervous. Oh yeah, and you know he's he's on with the six friends who are seasoned veterans who he's have done not this a sitcom character. Right, exactly. So, but I just wanted to say that that I I wanted to pull that up because I think he was funny and I think that it takes some guts to do something you've never done before. For sure. And then the last one, I have no f- clip for this, but I it didn't make it onto my five. Mm-hmm. But I know you know I love this movie, which is um, Interview with the Vampire. Oh, I'm surprised it didn't make it on your... It was number six. Mm. I couldn't fit it in. Um, I know... Gestalt. Lestat. 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 Gestalt is a a theory in psychology. Um, But Lestat, uh, who was played by Tom Cruise, and then Kirsten Dunst was played played the little girl, Mm -hmm. and then um, Brad played Louie. And... The book, I read all of Anne Rice's books, so I was really excited to see the movie. And when I saw the movie, I really liked it. You know, you when you read about the movie, um, Anne Rice did not want Tom Cruise to play that character. I think she was okay with Brad Pitt's character, but it basically it sounds like it was a mess. Um, the So one quick criticism of that movie that I've never seen and the <laughs> yes, book I've did. never you watched read. watched it with me. I wasn't, paying, the vampire? I wasn't paying attention. Oh, boy. So the one guy's name is Lestat. Uh-huh. And then she's like, well, how about we name this guy Louie? But they're from different times. Oh. Remember? Because he's no, a vampire. No, I don't remember. Lestat's a vampire from a different time. Okay. And then he um, makes Louie a vampire. But Louie is from, a, you know, Lestat's been living for however many years. I guess that makes sense. It's, it's kind of like funny. Edward. Yeah. And, you know, Rosalie from Twilight. You know, nobody's, that's not very common. Yes. Okay. So okay. anyways. So that's my, do you have any like special mentions besides? None. 
I mean, I got some, but I just want to jump in because we're okay. 10 minutes in and well, it, they haven't heard. It's fine. They're fine. Sure, you got to be like, efficient. It's not like we're not entertaining with okay. other stuff. Right. Okay. So you do your first number No, five. you do your ladies first. Are do, you sure? Your fifth favorite Brad, put, Brad Pitt movie. I'm going to do one drum roll and then I'm going to stop doing it. So why don't you just play number two? Ooh, number two. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens when we pull up number two. And what's the point? We just got the record. Man, I've been doing this for... Listen, man. I've been in this game a long time. I'm not in it for a record. I'll tell you that. I'm not in it for a ring. when people get hurt that's good enough they're good yeah uh that is not in my top five you don't have Moneyball in your top five i only saw it once and i i love the book okay and it's one of those things where you love the book so much uh that the movie didn't deliver in a way that i was hoping oh my gosh and i also feel disloyal because i love the game of baseball i know well here's what Moneyball has has become to me. Sure. You and I saw the movie and I remember us both really liking it. Yeah. Since then, I've watched it probably three or four more times when I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. It's a great background movie. Yeah. It's like a movie that isn't super loud. Mm-hmm. So when I say I don't feel good, for those of you who don't know, I get headaches occasionally and I usually watch something like Spotlight or Legally Blonde or something like super easy that I'm not going to get, you know, that I don't feel like I have to watch every second of it. Right. And now... Moneyball is in that rotation. I really think he's great in this movie. This is definitely a, not only do I love Moneyball personally, like not only do I love the story, but I think Brad Pitt is really good in this movie. Right. Do you know what I mean? I do. Did he get nominated for it? Or I no? don't think so. Jonah Hill did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I think Jonah Hill did. Um, but he, uh, so just some of the people in this movie, Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Robin Wright, Chris Pratt. I mean, this is like a great movie. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say you didn't like what they did with it because the book was just about the stats, how, the stats and then they made a movie Sweetie, into it. Welcome to my brain. I love the stats part more than the story about him and his daughter part. But in, and he and his daughter were a big part of it, but it was also about his own integrity with baseball and what he really was doing. I'm, yeah, like I said, it's not like I hated the movie. It just didn't really hit me as hard as um, as I was hoping it would. Okay, well, I, I feel like it's my number five for a reason, meaning that's all I have to say about it. Mm-hmm. I don't have like, I think it's a more, re- it's more recent than the other movies that I'm picking. Yeah. Um, but I just thought it was kind of, I don't know if I should say quintessential Brad Pitt, but I really liked him yeah. and it felt like a real person. So what's your number five? My number five is Sleepers. Um, that is my number. Let's see which number is it for me. My. I'm surprised I made it into your top five or so. It's reason. my number four. Wow. So we can talk about the same movies. Yeah. And I, I tried to pull up a clip with Brad Pitt in it. There's really no good Brad. I got one for you. You do? Is yeah. it What number is it? Well, it's not Brad Pitt, but at least people will remember okay. what Sleepers is. So it's number three. Number three. Here we go. And we might have to cut it off at some point. Yeah. Just give me the old keep ho sign. I will. You read The Count of Monte Cristo lately? I read a little bit of it every night. I read words like revenge, sweet lasting revenge. 
I don't want you getting in any trouble. Come on, Father, you know I never do. That's all I wish for you and your friends. That's it? That's it, nothing else, I swear. Four friends raised in a legacy of crime. Everybody says this place comes for jobs. Who is everybody? You think running for King Benny's a good idea, huh? A lot of things, Pepe. Not like this. But when a childhood prank resulted in an accident. The court hereby sentences you to no less than one year at the Wilkinson Home for Boys. The punishment. Is that good? Yes. That's just the beginning trailer. Yeah, it's so chills. So... (laughs) First of all, it's a great cast. Jason Patrick. Uh, 1996. Billy uh, Billy Crudup, De Niro, yeah. Minnie Driver, Dustin Hoffman. I mean... Oh, that's right. Justin Hoffman. So, yeah. And then Brad Pitt. The reason this impacted me is, you know, it's a you know it's one of those movies about childhood friends, kind of mm-hmm. the way Stand By Me is one of my favorite movies of all time. So that's something that was really big. And it's funny, just as I was watching that trailer, I forgot that the whole reason they ended up in the penitentiary was because there was just... A, a, a freak, freak accident. accident. They were being funny. And it reminded me, if you ever see the movie Return to Paradise with Joaquin? Oh, I can't even talk about it. That's like the worst, it's most the heart-wrenching worst. movie ever. And it resulted from a them bike. throwing a bike in yep. the in the trees or something like that. Exactly. And it's funny how like the, not the exact same thing, but something horrific happened as a result of a silly little prank. Exactly. You know? It was a hot day. Yep. They were kind of bored. Yep. And I can't remember which one of them like kind of instigated it, but they like pushed a cart. They took a cart from like a hot dog guy yes. or something and end up rolling down the stairs and hitting a guy. Mm-hmm. And so um anyway I, I just watched the in prep for this show, I just watched the part so first of all, spoiler alert yeah. for every one of these movies. Yeah, because we're gonna talk about them. We're gonna talk full. about each one of them. Mm-hmm. They end up uh, killing the man. Two of the men end up killing the man played by Kevin Bacon. Well, wait, hold on. Because you're not even saying what happens to them in the penitentiary. Right. Like, So they're kids, they're childhood friends. They go to church. They have parents who care about them mm. for the most part. Yeah. Two of them do. Two of them not, yeah. not as much. And then um, they, they, they have this childhood prank. They end up in a juvenile uh, facility and they are molested. Yes. And two of them are there longer than the other two. Two or only one gets out early. Jason Patrick char- character gets out cuz he's really smart. I don't remember. Anyway, they are all molested um and then when they grow up, two of the kids, two of them that didn't didn't weren't really able to resolve that trauma. Mm-hmm. Um they end up shooting one of the guards that the main guard the that main they guard. remember that did that raped them. He he's played by Kevin Bacon. And I just watched that clip and it was awful and they are just have ice in their veins yep. because of the pain that this man inflicted on these tender young souls. Mm-hmm. So um wonderful movie and it's and the whole movie is about Robert De Niro yeah. and does he want to lie under oath mm-hmm. or does he want He's to their priest. save these kids? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a wonderful movie. And you know, there's a big. It kind of reminds me a little bit, as I think we discussed this when we talked about Stand By Me, we brought up Sleepers, Mm -hmm. because the relationship between Jason Patrick and Brad Pitt, they're the two guys that actually came out of this situation and became men with careers. Jason Patrick became a writer and Brad Pitt became a lawyer. The two who ended up shooting Kevin Bacon, they didn't fare as well. Same way as Verno and Teddy are the ones from Stand By Me that didn't turn out well. And Chris Chambers and Gordy turned out okay. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so there's a lot of alignment. Yeah, exactly. We we talked about that when we talked Mm. about Stand By Me where we're like, this is a little sleepers-ish. Yes, I remember. And, but... Once these two guys shoot Kevin Bacon, um, 
they have to, you know, Brad Pitt's like, okay, it's all based around the Count of Monte Cristo. Crisco. What's that book called? I think it's Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah, Cristo. Thank you. And that story, for those of you who know it, it's revenge. Mm. And they read that while they're in the, you know, the juvenile facility. Yeah. So they basically want, once they know that their two friends are going to be tried mm. for, for killing this man, Brad Pitt's like, I'm going to come in and use my lawyer skills. You're going to come in and use, you know, you're, we're going to help them get off. Yeah. And, um, you know, they bring in De Niro. Dustin Hoffman, I think, is their lawyer, and he's mm-hmm. subpar. Um, so it's just, and, and you may think from what I just said that, it, you're rooting for them. Yes. Put it that way. Yeah, you want them to get away with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing is they do. And they don't. And then they both end up dead before they turn 30. Yeah. The guys who did it. The guys who mm-hmm. did it. Because the trauma never got resolved. No, no it didn't. Um, okay, what's your, so that was your fourth. So that means I should do my fourth. Yeah, what's your fourth? If we're going back and forth. Mm-hmm. My fourth is seven. Okay, I didn't choose seven. Oh, perfect. Seven was my seventh. Seven <laughs> is the most awful, oh, God. heavy sad, dark. I know. Like the only time the sun is shining, I think in the entire movie is at the end, which is a clip that I'm about to play for you. Okay. Is it the, what's in, what's the, in box? the box? And I don't know how long you're going to be able to deal with the, this scene. So when oh, you get sick of it. That's Gwynny in that box. And it's Gwynny's head in that box. <laughs> um, yeah. It's about two detectives, a rookie and a veteran hunt a serial killer who uses the seven, seven deadly sins as his motives. And Kevin Spacey is so creepy. So creepy in this movie. In this movie. And then he like removes his fingerprints. Totally. So they, he manipulates the process so that he can go out in the middle of the field, even though, so the bad guy turns himself in willingly. Yeah. He, which you rarely ever see. Oh my God. Well, and he has a plan. Like he, 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 this is like the definition of a psychopath. Like he doesn't care who gets hurt in this process. He doesn't, his whole intention is to, he gives the big speech at the end of the movie right. about why he's doing it and that, that Brad Pitt's decision at the end is the climax yes. of his plan. All part of his plan. It's all part of his plan. So what I will say about this movie is I couldn't put it in my top five. Like I said, I made it number seven, even though we're not doing seven, mm-hmm. because it's so dark and I won't watch it again. See, no. Moneyball, I'll throw on again. Right. Seven, seven is not it, a movie you want to watch again. Exactly. I'm good. You're good. Yeah. So real quick. Yeah. Um, so this is the very end and Kevin Spacey's on his knees. Morgan Freeman is finding out what's in the box. And I think we all know what's in the box. If you don't, go ahead and watch the movie. And this is just Brad Pitt's reaction. And most of it's visual, but you'll get some audio from it too. What's this talking about? Give me your gun. What's going on over there? Put the, put the gun I'll down. I'll show you with the box. What was in the box? Because I envy your normal life. Put the gun down, David. It seems that envy is my sin. Oh, what's in the box? Not until you give me the what's gun. What's in the fucking box? Give me the gun. He just told you. You lie! You're a fucking liar! Shut up! And the scene goes on for a good oh. few minutes before he does what he does. What's in the box? Um, yeah. It's so bad. And that's Morgan Freeman. Yes. And he's excellent in this movie. Um, David Fincher movie? I believe so. Yeah. And, and we all know, like... Um, and I remember there was a scene where he wears, like, a sling on it. And it's because he's uh, Brad Pitt wears a sling on his um, collarbone or yeah. like on his arm, and it's because he hurt himself during one of the chase scenes. I think he broke his collarbone during one of the chase scenes, so they had to kind of like build that in. No way. Yeah. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. So David Fincher, as you guys may know, has done a lot of movies, and they all have that dark feel. The two that I'm thinking of, I can't pull him up right now, but I'm thinking Blue of- Blue Velvet? Uh, Is that a David Fincher movie? Well, I was thinking of- 
The Social Network. Okay. And Gone Girl. Okay. Um, it's it's like that. It's that darker tone. Everything's yeah. got that. Um, I, you know, the Social Network, the music. What is it? That guy who does the music, Nine Inch Nails guy. Oh, Trent Reznor. Yeah, that music that plays over it the whole time. It's just the whole thing is like you're watching something in the Social Network that seems like a like it's just college, but with that music over it, it seems not good. Well, and listening to Kevin Spacey talk, he kind of reminds me of Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. He's just so calm. Oh, yes. Like his heart rate doesn't go up in the same way that Hannibal Lecter's doesn't. Oh, yeah. So anyways, okay. He's kind of like fine with, with what he's doing. So what is your three? My number three, I know this is on your list, is A River Runs Through It. And that is my number one. Oh, boy. Yes. Okay, so um, I did not put up the clip because oh. I assumed you would choose oh, it. Oh, okay. Well, what's funny about this, uh, the clip that I'm going to play is uh-huh. Brad Pitt isn't in it. Oh, interesting. But it's by far the most in fact impactful quote for me. Okay. Um. And if you haven't seen it, it's not going to make any sense to you, but Brad Pitt plays this younger brother named Paul and Paul and his other bro- older brother, Norman. All they do is they're the son of a minister. They write in the morning because that's what their dad wants them to be good writers. And then they go fishing. And and I and I will say, and I, I, I will say about this movie that this movie is a big feeling movie. And I don't just mean like you're emotional about the characters. It's mm-hmm. really beautiful. I, Robert Redford did this movie. It's really beautiful. And the it seems like a different time, which obviously it is, but it's simpler. Yeah. You know, like you said, they wake up, they write, and then they go fish. Well, and I remember the scene <clears throat> that I always remember is uh, the father played by Tom Skerritt uh-huh. uh, is is educating his young son named Norman. Uh-huh. And he's like, okay, write a write an essay on blah, blah, blah. So he would come back, he'd write the essay and he'd give it to his dad uh-huh. and he'd be like half as long. Yep. So he'd have to come back and basically write the same thing using half as many words. Right. And then he did it again, half as long. Yep. And he did it and you could see like he just wanted to go fishing and this sucks. And then finally Tom Scared says, good, now throw it away. Throw it away. And my, I always remember the throw it away part. Like don't attach yourself to what it's about the process and not the end result. Well, and that's, you know, it's a question. I, I, when I saw River Runs Through It, I saw it a long time ago and then obviously saw it again when I was older. It was 1992. So I was a senior in college and then saw it with you probably not too long ago again. Um, well, we've seen it several times sure. together, I guess. But anyway, Tom Skerritt to me is a good dad. Yeah. But there were times when I was younger and I watched it and I was like, oh, he's annoying. Like, it's all about your perspective and who you are in the movie. Well, there's a part where they're at the dinner table and Paul, who is this vibrant warrior energy and doesn't compromise and Paul doesn't want to finish his oatmeal. Mm -hmm. Yep. And Paul just sits there for hours because the father says, you know, the God has been giving us oats to eat for yep. centuries. It's not the responsibility of a four-year-old boy to tell him it's no good. Right. So he just sits there. And uh, so, yeah, very firm he's, parenting. He's firm and he loves them. Yes. It's like, and again, it, it wouldn't work today, meaning this like, you know, a lot of the things that he did, it's it's for his time. But I guess what I mean is that his, um, I just, I grew to care about him more as I got mm-hmm. older. And and how, obviously, I know you love Brad Pitt's character the most, I assume, but you liked um, Norman too, yeah? Or did you love Norman or Paul more? Um, Craig, Sh- Craig Schaefer played. Is that his name? Yeah. Um, I loved them both. I love the dynamic between the yeah. two of them. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Brad Pitt was more charismatic, obviously. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's, he was supposed to be. Yes. He's the artist. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and he was a newspaper writer. He never left Montana. Yep. yep. Whereas Norman, you know, he went out and got married to Jesse and they went to the University of Illinois. How cute is Jesse? Yeah. Who's that actress? I don't know. I was just going to... Emily Lloyd is her name. I feel like I've seen her in a bunch of stuff, but I wouldn't be able to pick it out. Um, She is so cute. Um, She she was in not a lot of movies that you know. Welcome to Sarajevo. Why you were with... You know, wish you were here. There's nothing else I see that I've seen her in. The one part I remember... Jesse is unfair to Norman because his Jesse's brother gets drunk and hung over yes. and they go fishing together and yeah, he, he's kind of a twerp. He passes out yeah. and he gets sunburned. Right. And Jesse blames Norman. Right. Like, come on, take responsibility for your own actions, dude. I know. You passed out. I know. She was kind of being a mother figure. Anyways. Okay. So here's the scene. Um, and it's after, once again, spoiler alert. Paul ends up dying. Mm -hmm. And this is after, um, so this is just a little bit after that. As time passed, my father struggled for more to hold on to, asking me again and again had I told him everything. And finally, I said to him, maybe all I really know about Paul is that he was a fine fisherman. You know more than that, my father said. He was beautiful. And that was the last time we ever spoke of my brother's death. And scene. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I always, I don't know why I remember that line, but just the fact that, you know, a father calling his son beautiful, you never hear that Mm -mm. adjective. Mm -mm. You know, you hear a dad say, he's tough, he's... Mm-hmm. What he's kind, mm-hmm. but beautiful is a feminine word as mm-hmm. far as that's the way I interpret mm-hmm. it. So I just loved, and and what he meant was, you know, because Paul had his issues. He was a gambler. He was a drinker. Mm-hmm. He got in a lot of trouble. But he was beautiful. He was a beautiful person. And, he, and physically, obviously, he was Brad Pitt, but... Right, and that's what I mean. He's beautiful, obviously, because he's Brad Pitt, but he was a lovely human being, yes. and that's what he meant. And he would, and like I said, he was an artist. He was an amazing fisherman. He was an amazing fly fisherman. And why I like that scene, if I remember it correctly, Todd, you could see it and I couldn't, but he's an old man when he's thinking that. And to see the passage of time, um, and again, that's Robert Redford doing the narrating. Well, Um, I feel like when I was watching it for the first time, I kept waiting for the bad thing to happen. Yes. And I didn't know what the bad thing was, but you just knew it was Paul was going to get into some type of trouble. There's an arc, yeah. And then they're waiting in the morning to go fishing and Paul is late. So I'm like, Paul's freaking dead. And he shows up. I'm yes. like, oh my God, he's, he, I'm so he's okay. thankful. Yeah. And then they dropped the hammer or whatever, 20 minutes later in the movie and he was gone. Yeah. So, all right. So, so that was my number three. And that was my number, number one. one. So what's your number three? My number three is, let's see, one, two, oh, True Romance. No, it's not on my list. Um, This is more about the movie. Okay. But freaking Floyd, <laughs> Brad Pitt plays his pothead named Floyd. And I do Floyd quotes to my buddies to this day. And True Romance is just a, it was written by Quentin Tarantino, directed by somebody else. I'm sure Quentin wanted to direct it, but he was too okay. too green and too new to do it. Um, and there's a few uh, parts to uh, Floyd. So Brad Pitt is a, you know, guy who smokes weed, sits on the couch and watches TV. And James Gandolfini plays a hitman. And he's knocking on the door, and this is what ensues. Yeah, well, maybe you can help me. I'm looking for a friend of mine. Clarence Worley from Detroit. 
He's traveling with a real pretty girl named Alabama. Uh, yeah, man, I know him. They've been by here. You seen them? Mm-hmm. They stay in here? No, they're staying at the <laughs> Safari Motor Motel Inn. <laughs> Safari Motel. Safari Motel? Yep. How do you know that? I mean, have you been over there? No. Well, they were here, and they said that they were going to go there. And they went. <laughs> and then they went. Safari. It, this is a and- three and a half minute clip, so I'm not going to play any more. Actually, I got to play one more. So this is when a, a group of other bad guys are trying <laughs> to find Alabama and Christian Slater. Yep. And a bunch of guys show up with guns. So he just took a big hit of, uh-huh. through a bowl or whatever it uh-huh. is. I'm not a weed guy. But... Um, <laughs> So he starts laughing when these guys walk in yeah. because they have guns pointed at him. So, I know. Do you know a Clarence Wally? Yes. Do you know where we can find him? Yes, I do. Oh. Oh, where? At the Beverly Ambassador. Where's that? Well, you go... No. Yeah, go down. Go down beach. You guys want to smoke a bowl or? <laughs> oh. Go down Beachwood and drive a while, and then you're going to turn right, okay? And then you go and you keep driving and you keep driving. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Floyd. Okay, this is so weird, but is that a Chris Cornell song playing in the background? It sounds like it, but and I don't know. And I was just saying that Brad Pitt's doing a movie about him. Yeah. Um, so the movie was in 1993, and Tony Scott directed it, which is kind of a big deal. Did Tony Scott do Top Gun or something? Yes, Tony Scott did. Actually, I was just listening to a podcast the other day about the difference between Ridley Scott and Tony Scott are brothers mm-hmm. and debating whose movies were better. better. Like Ridley Scott did Gladiator. Oh, wow. Yeah, and Tony Scott did. I mean, they, they did have- did one of them take their own life? I feel like that's true. I don't know why I think Tony that. Scott did Top Gun, Beverly Hills Cop oh, Two, wow. The Last Boy Scout, True Romance, Crimson Tide, em- Enemy of the State. Okay, um, and then Ridley Scott. Gosh, I don't remember Todd. Oh, I apologize for not knowing something so sensitive, but uh, I know I yeah. kind of feel like it's I, we don't know. Yeah. Um. So, but it sounds familiar. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. something happened. So. You know, I'm going to blow your mind when I say this. I have never watched True Romance. Oh my gosh! I know. I mean, I've I don't think you'd like it. it. It is really violent. It's a Tarantino movie. Like I know, people have said to me, "Oh my god!" It's, but I think it's when you watch it. Like mm-hmm. you watched it when it was big. Yes. And so now it's moved with you. And I think at this point, if I watched it, yeah, it might like. Um, what's the What's the one with Woody Harrelson? The Killers, Natural Born Killers. Mm-hmm. I tried to watch that movie. For like that's a tough thirty watch. minutes, and I'm like, I am watch. done. I think you you might like True Romance. Okay. I don't know. By the way, Tony Scott um, died by suicide yeah. uh, in August of 2012. Yeah, and I was just told by some friends, you don't want to say commit suicide, you want to say die by suicide. Yeah, so I'm trying to practice that. Good. Um, crazy, yeah. like crazy, you know, um, successful man. Yeah, and there's he, always a story. Think about Bourdain. Yes. 
Remember that right. a couple of years ago? It right. wasn't so long ago. There's so many stories. So like I that. only have one left. So, and you have, I think, two. Left. I have two, but I think my, both of my two, I'm surprised that you don't have both of these. My two. Oh, I'm, so I omitted one. Yes. Yeah, oh, so I think I know which one. You I have omitted. two left, don't you? Cause no, number Because I did Sleepers, I did Seven, I did True Romance, and A River Runs Through It. Okay. So my number two is Tree of Life. Yes. And that is my last one. Okay. So Tree of Life, do number four. Number four. Start it. There are two ways through life. The way of nature and the way of grace. You have to choose which one you'll follow. You'll be grown before that tree is tall. It takes fierce will to get ahead in this world. Come on, hit me. Hit me. Come on, son. He's afraid of you. You expect things that a mulling adult can accomplish. I've just always wanted you to be strong, be your own man. There you go. Oh, such a good movie. Yeah, I don't want to oversell this, but it's such a good movie. Oh, it's so beautiful. So here's my deal with this movie. My cousin, who likes all these weird artistic movies... Um, Terrence Malick is a director. I don't know what Terrence Malick was, but apparently he makes a movie. It's one of those guys that makes a movie like every six years. He you makes know? a lot of good movies. And he and Eric, my cousin, said, look at it, look at the movie as more of a prayer or a meditation. And just going into my movie experiencing, knowing it was going to be a little bit different than other movies, helped me appreciate the movie itself. Yeah, so... Um Terrence Malick, he did The Thin Red Line. He did The New World. Um, he did, I'm starting to think it's, he's done a bunch of them, but I don't think you'll have heard of the other ones. He did one called um, To the Wonder that Ben Affleck and Rachel McAdams were in, but mm -hmm. I don't think it was as, as widely received as The Tree of Life was. The Tree of Life is um, Brad Pitt, it's, you know, he's, he's the star, Sean Penn, and then Jessica Chastain, who plays the mother, um, and it was Jessica Chastain. It was the first time I saw her in a movie. I think the same year she did, um, what was that movie called? It was, it was a book Zero that Dark got 30? made. No, that was later, but it was a book that got made into a movie. I'll, I'll remember what it is. Um, but anyway, I thought that Tree of Life had, um, First of all, I cried a lot at really interesting times. It was like watching someone's real life. Yeah. And it and even though it was a different time, it was more like the baby boomer generation, mm -hmm. right? Um, because just to kind of give you an idea how it lays out, I can't really explain the movie fully because it's bigger than what it's I'm about to say. It's the story of a family in Waco, Texas. The eldest son witnesses the loss of innocence and struggles with his parents' conflicting teachings. Yeah. So the mom stands for like nurturing, goodness, the Brad Pitt stands for firmness. Yeah, it's almost like the two, like she said, she starts out by saying there's two ways to live a life, right? Yep. The, the movie I was thinking of with Jessica Chastain was The Help. Yeah. The Help was made into a movie. Okay, so what's great is you're basically seeing the story through the eyes of this boy who is the oldest. And when he grows up, he's played by Sean Penn. So basically the movie opens with you realizing that one of the boys... Um, was killed in the war. Yeah. 
And Sean Penn is getting that news as you watch his parents get the news, you watch Sean Penn get the news. And then the, the bulk of the movie is about their childhood and sure. why they become became who they are. But there's not a lot of language used. No. It's visuals and music and feeling and um, symbols and, you know, a lot of um, a lot of things that take quite a, a leap, yeah. you know, where you're like, wow, what's happening right now? But it's very beautiful, and Todd and I have mentioned several times that, and we won't ruin this for everybody, but that they do have an interpretation of the afterlife at the end of the movie that really feels right on. We actually as did- As close as you can get to a movie-watching experience yes. of what heaven might be like. Yes, and whatever heaven means to you. Like, yeah. they don't call it heaven. No. They do everything visually, and so you just feel it. Um, we, we talked about the lost finale on a pop culturing podcast a few weeks ago, and we were discussing how that ending- the lost finale really resonated for us as much as the ending of tree of life resonated right. for us. And you find yourself, you, you, you love like as for as much as you're angry at Brad Pitt and a lot of this movies, a lot of this movie, cause he is authoritarian, mm -hmm. um, meaning he's demanding, he's insisting he, as you heard in that clip, he's trying to teach his sons how to be tough and fight. I have that right here. Um, if you want to, he, he, they played a part of it, but go ahead and play it just so. Okay. So this is when he's teaching his both of his sons how to fight. Quarters. Cover. You're gonna cover, right? Okay. Hit. Come on. Nice. Nice. Harder. Nice. That's a good right. Let's see your left. It's the most important thing. Okay. You come in this way. You come in this way. Keep the guard up. Hit me. Come on. Hit me. Come on. Come on, Jack. Hit me. Hit me. Hit me. Come on. Come on. Hit. Here it is. Here it is. Hit. Come on, son. Come on, son. Left. What are you doing? Left. Don't leave your tongue out. You're going to lose it. Left. Left. Right. All right. Um, so this is the thing about the scene. You guys can't see what I'm looking at, but first of all, he's like hitting his son mm -hmm. and he falls to the he's ground. He's provoking him. And then yeah. he picks him up and brushes him off, yes. which is an interesting thing. And I also remember watching an interview with Brad Pitt about this movie. And he said that was some of the hardest movie making he ever did. Yes. One, because I, I know Terrence Malick does not really give a lot of, there's no choreography. It's kind of like the actors are left free to do what they want. Mm -hmm. So these young actors, these young boys don't exactly know what's happening. And Brad Pitt, I don't remember the words he used, but it said it was extremely difficult to play that scene. Yes. And I think now Tree of Life came out in 2011 and I'm not quite sure where he was regarding like Angelina Jolie and how many kids they had yet, but I think he was a new dad. Mm -hmm. And so this whole idea of this dad fighting with his kids, and again, let me be clear, I feel a lot of empathy for Brad Pitt in this movie. I'm angry at him a lot because mm -hmm. he is harsh, but he thinks he's giving his kids what they need. Right. He, again, he's kind of a he's it's the the mom gives them their gentleness and their softness and reminding them to to respect nature and beauty and Brad Pitt feels like he has to toughen him up. Yep. And this is not so uncommon now, Todd. No. I mean, this is not like this is such a throwback. Right. Um, and, you know, there is a disparity between the way they parent, but I don't think that Brad Pitt loves them less. Right. I don't, you know, I don't perceive that. I see Brad Pitt as a wounded yes. man yes. who had wounds from his dad Correct. from when he was a little kid and he's trying his best to evolve. Yes. 
and it doesn't quite. And he's he didn't heal. He didn't process what he needed to before he became a parent. Right. And now he's just passing on the same pain. Right. And there is a point, if I remember correctly, we haven't seen this movie in a while, but where he actually says it's when he's an old man. Or not an old man. He's probably our age. Right, right. What am I talking about? But well, he's, we're, we're like old men. We're getting now. older. Old men and women. Um, but where when he knows his son died, he feels regret. Mm-hmm. He's like, why didn't I? It was about playing the piano. Remember they had something with playing the piano? And he's like, why did I force him? I why did I pressure him? He's like, why didn't I just let him be? And, and it's that, I think that's the other thing that I'll speak for both you and I, since this is your number one and this is my number two, is I think you and I have a, way of looking at the world and this reinforced it. Right. And so we were like, yes, mm-hmm. this feels very true. Right. And because it's some of it's dark and we have to deal with that too. Yeah. It's not a it's not all optimism. Right. It's not like everything will always work out. It doesn't. But it's how we choose our moments and our days. How do we like the Jessica Chastain character I loved her so much, and I also got frustrated with her because she didn't speak up. But she same was, way you get mad at the Dead Poet Society. Yes, mom. but she is a woman of a certain time, yep. and she doesn't she have didn't a lot of choices. Have that choice either. So it's like that's what I mean is that it's the same way I'm annoyed at her. I'm annoyed at Brad Pitt, but they didn't have the tools to do any better. Right. And um, I just thought it was really beautiful. I was trying to find because uh, you and I did a Zen Parenting Radio on this. We did. Right like when it came out. 10 years ago. I know. And I tried to find it and I couldn't, but it was really our first pop culturing without us you knowing You know why what you we can't doing. find it? Like, on... Um, you might be able to find it through Google, but iTunes only keeps a certain amount, a certain amount yeah. and we have 10 years worth of podcasts. Yes. So so what do you think my number one is? Hun? Well, I know what your number one is. How do you know? I know it. So this okay. is what I want to do. I want to go through my honorable mentions okay, and I'm ahead. not going to mention the one that I think that your number one okay. is. Okay. So these are some, so first of all, I think most people are going to kill me for not saying Fight Club. I <laughs> Me too. I Fight Club wasn't even in my top ten. Yes. I listen. I love the the and I won't even spoil it, but the part of Fight Club that everybody thinks is so freaking cool. Yeah. And I know that. Oh, did Fincher do Fight Club? Maybe. Yeah. yeah I think he did. Um. And I think it's super cool. But and I love Edward Norton. But mm. that's just not one of my favorite movies. Um. Spy Game was really good with Robert Redford. Yeah, I like the that. Ocean series was good. He's hilarious in the Ocean series. And he's hilarious in Burn After Reading. Oh my, I thought you would choose that. No. And uh, he was really good in Inglorious Bastards. I didn't watch that. Oh, he's, uh, he's cold. Really? He's a soldier. He's, a, he's like, a, whatever, a sergeant in the American Ar- in the in Army in World War II. And he's an interesting guy. And then Big Short and Legends of the Fall. Is Legends of the Fall your number one? Yes, he ruined it. it. Um, I thought you were going to say the one he just got an Oscar for. Oh no! Once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh really? So number. So go back a second okay. before we talk about my number Sorry, one. Sorry, I, bl- I blew, blew it. my number one. Sorry. So what did you say before that? Uh, Glorious Bastards, Big Short. Okay, so the Big Short that I that was probably my number eight. Mm. Um, I love the Big Short, and that is a movie I can watch again and again too. Not as much as Moneyball because the Big Short still stresses me out because I feel a little like Steve Carell in that movie. Right. Like I can't believe what people are doing mm. and I can't believe that people aren't noticing it. But I love Brad Pitt's character yeah. because he's essential for those guys. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Do you I remember do. his character? In that? Um, and I love that he's kind of an older guy with a beard and he he's not he's not playing on those looks at all. Love the Put Big Short. Way. Love that movie. 
Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, what I will say about it is that I enjoyed it more than Todd did. I didn't love it. I just enjoyed it while I was watching it, meaning I don't have... Um, I've listened to a lot of podcasts about it. I get it, meaning I get why people loved it, and I think he deserved an Academy Award. And he is freaking beautiful in that movie. Mm -hmm. The roof scene? Come on, stop it. How about you take your shirt off for this one, Brad? Oh, my God. I mean, because he's 53 years old. Yeah. Please. Um, So I am so glad he won an Academy. Actually, I think he's older than that. He's born in 63. Oh, 56 years? Yeah, I think he's... So, yeah, let's let's do the math here. Okay. so right now we're in 2020, 1963. Todd and I can't do fast math. <laughs> Minus 1963. Uh, Can you not do that? Uh, let me do it this way. Wait, why? Todd ended up with 3,937. He's 56 or 57 56. years old. Okay. So amazing yeah. that he looks that way. Why'd you end up with 3,926? That's not how old Brad Pitt is. My stupid <laughs> It's negative 300. <laughs> Oops. So, okay. So I'm glad you said all those because it's not as if I don't appreciate other Brad Pitt movies. Again, Todd and I are choosing what means the most to us. And the movie that means the most to me is Legends of the Fall. So play number five, please. I said no Indians. Well, he's quite civilized, I assure you. Yeah? Yeah. Just give him a beer. Stay out of it, boy. My father said four, didn't he? You heard me. Mr. Sexley and I are about to reach an understanding. Isn't that right? Just give him a goddamn beer! Just stay out of it! I said stay out of it! Damn you. You're a damn fool. You're just spoiling for a fight with a man who outweighs you by 20 pounds. Who's now, as we speak, searching under the bar for some kind of a weapon. Isn't that right, Mr. Sexley? To split your stupid skull and kill your stone dead and good riddance too. Now leave it! Yes. I want four beers. No. Well, now the owner, he says he doesn't want to serve any Indians. All right. Whoa. I know. Tristan, come Tristan. on. So He just smacked him and he just smacked the bartender in the back of the head I with know. a wooden mallet. So here's Legends of the Fall for me. I don't remember who told me to watch it. I don't remember. Um, it came out in 1994. All I know is I saw it and I was so blown away by this movie and I don't care I, I'm trying to see how many stars they gave it's like people gave it like an average score I think it's I thought it's pretty well thought of I I thought okay first of all Brad Pitt is this guy who plays Tristan and he is he comes from a family of three boys okay and Anthony uh, Hopkins is their dad and Tony sweetie I call him Tony. Tony Hopkins is their dad the mom leaves do you remember how the mom's like I'm going to town I've only seen it once and I saw it whatever 15 years ago the mom leaves mm-hmm. so basically the dad is raising these three boys and the three boys are um, Aiden Quinn is the oldest one his name's Alfred Brad Pitt is Tristan he's the middle child and then the youngest is played by Henry Thomas who is from E.T. Oh. Um, so the Tristan is special because Tristan is from the land, mm-hmm. meaning he's even though he's raised by his father, he's also raised by the Native American men who um, live and help on the it's not really a farm. I don't want to call it a plantation. What's the their land? Mm-hmm. And he learns from them and he becomes one with earth and with he connects with himself. He's a conscious man. That doesn't mean he doesn't have a lot of demons. Yeah. Um, but he is special and everybody in the family knows it and it drives Alfred crazy. Mm-hmm. He's the oldest son. And Samuel, who's the youngest, who is played by Henry Thomas, loves Tristan, thinks he's the greatest. Henry Thomas 
I'll call him Samuel. Samuel goes off and at uh, one point in the movie to go to school, which is kind of a big deal. Yeah. And then comes back and brings a girlfriend mm. who is played by Julia Armand. And she, okay, this family has been living out on the land a long time. So none of these boys have seen women. Yeah. Okay. So it's like what happens immediately is Samuel's already in love with her, but Tristan and Alfred are kind of into her too. Oh, looky, looky. Okay. They're like, oh my God, a girl. Like there's a scene where she's like trying to, she's on a horse and she's trying to like rope cattle and they're all like staring, you know, they're just way removed from society, which their dad did on purpose because he didn't want them to go to war. Uh Well, it turns out that Samuel does go to war. Tristan says, I'm going to go with you to protect you, which is ridiculous. And guess what? He can't, Mm -hmm. Right. Tristan cannot protect Samuel. Samuel does not come back. And this is at the beginning of the movie. And so eventually Tristan and Samuel's girlfriend get together. Alfred's pissed about it because he's in love with her. And basically it's just a family torn apart. And I would like to say it's, it's even though the woman is kind of used as the reason it's not, they had problems before that. Dad made Tristan the most important and the most special. Alfred knew it. Um, it was not, it, there was some parenting issues in this movie too. Mm-hmm. The reason I loved it as much as I did is because it's a time period piece. You watch these people from the time that they're young until the time that they're much older. I would say the only issue I have with this movie, and I, I can't quite decide how I feel about it. I watched a scene again today before we started. Anthony Hopkins has a stroke at Mm. the end. The character does. The dad. Yeah. And those scenes are rough. Do you remember those scenes? Um, What do you mean they're rough? They're just... Not well done? Well, it's Anthony Hopkins. It's hard for me. I just remember even the first time being like, ugh. Um, and, and when I say that, isn't that the point to make you uncomfortable that yes, he had a but stroke? It's not, I'm not quite sure. It, it, it's the irony is my own father had a stroke. Yeah. This is not a, I can't handle watching it. I, that's something that's very common to me. Um, but it was, it felt, I don't know. It just, it, I, that was the only thing I ever struggled with in that movie. Mm-hmm. Not the fact that he had one, but kind of how the way it all played out. Right. Like he, he had a, and maybe this is what they had to do, but he had a chalkboard around his neck that he would write on. Mm. It was just, it was like, wow, yeah. this is a bit, you know, this is, so I don't, it's hard for me to say that it, Tony Hopkins didn't do a good job, mm-hmm. but I also ha- always go back and forth Got in it. those scenes. Maybe, and maybe it's because it makes me sad. Well, the when I think of this movie, I just think of the very end. Yes. Where Tristan is, whatever, gallivanting around the woods, comes across a bear, and he has no fear, I don't think. And Well, he's an old man by then. Right, he's an old man. Yeah. Which is weird, because I don't even know if it's hit, if Brad Pitt plays that no, old man. No, it's, it's a different man. Mm-hmm. And he just basically tries to fight with a bear. And it's because it he, he wanted, they say he, he wanted a good death. Yeah. That, that's a good death to, that, to, you know, from the people he learned with. Uh, learned from, and I just found it to be real. It's a story about family, and it it's over a period of time, and there's a lot of feeling in it. Um, it's also heartbreaking. Yeah. What happens to Julia Armand's character? What happened? Like, there's a lot of loss. I like period pieces too. I do too, and that's what I mean. Is I remember when it was over, being like, oh, is a period piece a a movie that takes place in a different time, or is a period piece a movie that takes place over a long? Like a lifetime. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think there's probably a word for it, a a period piece 
Um, gosh, know. what would they call this? I'm going to look and see if there's any language around it. There isn't. While you're looking it up, there are other two other omissions. that. Wait, but don't move on from this movie Okay, yet. go ahead. So a few things. This movie affected me enough that I wanted to name one of my children Tristan. And we decided with our third... We never found out what we were having. So we always had a boy's name Mm -hmm. that finally with our third, if we had a boy, we were going to name him Tristan and we had a girl. So we have three girls. And so we named her Skylar. And just recently, because the girls love to hear what their boys' names were, just recently Skylar was like, well, why didn't you just name me Tristan? Mm -hmm. I was like, duh. Why did we do that? Even though I love the name Skylar, which also comes from a A movie, movie. Goodwill Hunting. But I, I, so I don't have regrets, but why did we think it was only a boy's name? I think it's mostly a boy's name, but I'm sure there's a lot of girls out there. I've met, I think there's someone who listens to the show named Tristan because she's emailed us before. I and think said, if you try to go back in time, we were probably like, this, you know, because we liked Skylar a lot as a name. Yes, we did. So it's almost like if we said, well, Tristan, either way, it would have been disloyal to the how much we liked Skylar as a I name. I know. So. And we came up with Skylar first. And then oh, we, we were did? like, well, I did. Whatever. <laughs> We fight about who came up with it. But then I was like, but if I have a boy, that's the name yeah. that is me. Because it's it's that kind of boy, that that energy of like, he had the masculine feminine energy, Tristan. The only thing I didn't like about that as a name is because it means sadness. And Be Tristy, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I want to name my kid something. You know, sadness is a wonderful emotion yeah. that we all need to identify and express. But I just don't know if I want that to be... The first thing. Uh, we talked about that. Yeah. Do you remember that? I was like, but is that to me, um, it's, uh, it's a, so the name Tristan, it's, uh, it means outcry or tumult. Um, it says in, in legend, Tristan was a knight of the round tra- table and a hero of the medieval tales. So all I know is in Spanish, triste is sad. Means sadness. Right. And so, and this is the thing is like, if you like a name enough, you can search long enough and find a better yeah, you know, way to define it. Right. But I think that as far as Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt has some scenes in this movie. I mean, if you want to see some range, mm-hmm. like he has some you know, scenes like the one that we played where he's in these huge fights. And one other person in this movie that that was interesting to me is he ends up, there's this little girl who is the daughter of one of the Native American men that he is. Actually, this man is not Native American. He, he weds a woman who is Native American, and that is why he can no longer go out in society because at that time, Native Americans were not accepted in the community. Right. And so, but they have a daughter and he kind of takes care of her when she's a little girl, Tristan does. And when she grows up to be a woman, he marries her. Yeah. Do you remember that? Her I name's do. Isabel, too. Um, but her name is Karina Lombard, and she was in this movie. And then, like, the next year, she was in The Firm. Do you remember The Firm? I remember it was Gene Triplehorn and Tom Cruise, but that's all and I remember. And you remember when Tom Cruise is on the beach and he cheats on his wife? Mm-hmm. It was a total setup by yeah. Gene Hackman, but... She's that person. And then I haven't seen her since. Oh, wow. Like two major movies and then she's gone. Um, but anyway, I if you haven't seen Legends of the Fall, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know what age is right because there's some scenes. Is it rated R? Um, it is. So it may not be for the whole family. I'm sure teenagers could do fine with it. But um, I, if, as just as if you like any of these actors or if you just like Brad Pitt, this is a great movie. Yeah. So my number one. So um, the two that we left out. Okay. 12 Monkeys. 
I've seen it, but I and he got nominated for an Academy Award, but I didn't love that movie. I've never seen it. I heard oh. it's tough. It's a tough watch. It, it, it it's a it's one of those movies where you have to work really hard to follow. Yeah, it, Bruce Willis. Um, he was nominated. Um, the other nominees were Ed Harris from Apollo 13, uh-huh. James Cromwell from Babe, uh-huh. Tim Roth from Rob Roy, and the winner was Kevin Spacey from Usual Suspects. Usual Suspects. And the other movie we omitted was The Curious Case of Benjamin Buttons. Yeah. Do you remember when we saw that? Yeah, we saw it on the uh, on the marathon day where we yes. watched a bunch of uh, Oscar nominee movies in the theater. And I remember going because Todd and I had two little kids then, two young kids, and we left them with my sister. Yep. And we had this free pass to go to the AMC theater and see every movie that was nominated for an Academy. Do you remember what else we saw? We saw Doubt with... Uh, I think we saw three movies. Doubt, Benjamin Button, and... and Slumdog. Slumdog was the first one we saw. And that was three movies in a row, man. Just check me out there. We were supposed to tough. see two more and we were like, can't Forget do it. it. But I loved Benjamin Button, it's great. but I will never watch it again. Yeah. Did you, do you feel like there's you'll watch plenty it? of movies out there that are really great that you'll never watch again. And that is acts that is absolutely in that category. You know, and that's the, I shouldn't say that because tree of life is a hard watch for me too. And it's my second favorite. Um, and it's a hard watch cause I have to totally go there. Same with legends of the fall. So that's not a good way for me to describe it. I liked Benjamin button. Mm-hmm. I didn't love it. Was it. Good. There was one cute, cute scene that I'll never forget because it made me cry at the end when she's, Kate Blanchett is walking with him and he's a kid. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? No. Well, because, you know, he ages backwards. Right. And then I, the only thing I remember is they end up having really good sex when he's like 25. They're like, they meet in the middle. And, but it's not in the middle. She's a little bit older. Oh, okay. Well, ideally, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Because she right. kind of knows her body well right, enough. Right. And he's got the hormones of right. a 22 year old. Right. So, yeah. And then they continue to go. And so when she is an older woman, she takes care of him as a kid. Mm-hmm. So it's really a lovely yeah. moment. Um, it's a very curious. It's a curious case of him. So I'm going to say my top five again, and then you say yours, okay? So Brad Pitt, this is what we ended up with. My number five is Moneyball. My number four is Sleepers. My number three is River Runs Through It. My number two is Tree of Life. And my number one is Legends of the Fall. Number five, Sleepers. Number four, Seven. Number three, True Romance. Number two, Tree of Life. And last but not least, A River Runs Through It. So, um... We're going to have a lot of pushback about our choices, but you know what? Sure. I'm sticking by it. That's right. You know, it's uh, it's an opinion. It, it is an no opinion. No facts. Because I'm glad that you read off all those other movies because we've seen them and, and some of them we love, but um, you can only, only the special ones make the top five. That's right. Um, all right, guys, if you like this format, let us know because we're just playing here. What do we know? <laughs> That's what pop culturing is. That's right. This is our joy. All right. Uh, catch you next time. Adios. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and feel free to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Also subscribe to our Zen Parenting Radio podcast, where we discuss self-awareness and mindfulness, sharing the latest research and pop culture. We're on our ninth year, but there's still always something new to discuss. Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out our third podcast, otherwise known as Team Zen. One of our team members described it as an advice column meets group help meets like-minded community. With your $25 subscription, you get two live Zen Talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions, plus a Facebook community where you can interact or just listen to like-minded parents. If you can't join us live, you can still access all the Zen Talks through the Team Zen Podcast app. Zen Parenting Conference 2020 is February 28th and 29th. We'll be discussing sex ed, gender, anxiety, neurodiversity, and healthy relationships. Go to ZenParentingConference.com to get your tickets. 
interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. And while you're there, check out our upcoming events or you can purchase one of my free books. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the Support Us link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. And guys, I have a one-on-one coaching practice. It's called Coaching for Guys. If you want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationships with loved ones, we can talk in person, phone, FaceTime, you choose. And don't forget about Tribe Men's Group. We have a virtual community from men all over the world. Head on over to tribemensgroup.org or shoot me an email at Todd at ZenParentingRadio.com. It's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. Finally, I want to give a special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty, and the company he has is Avid. They do painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Go to avidco.net or give them a call at 630-956-1800. Thanks for all your love and support, and keep on trucking.